Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to number 52 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast. Here we are young, dumb, and full of... Opinions! <gasps> I'm Matthew Lynn, guys, and today we have a special guest. It is Justin Lunsford joining you all today. I'm so happy to be here. Yay! Everyone loves Justin so much, um, and we needed him today. Adam is in lands afar visiting them so um yeah we brought justin on guys and uh it's gonna be pretty fun and i love all of you back just so you know oh that's nice you are well received you know well i'm happy to be not as quite as good as vince you're you're uh, not as well received as he was he's a little bit more of a character than i am he uses uh larger words on purpose to stir up a little you know Stir up action. A little stir up action. I love it. Um, but I'm excited about today's topic. I feel like it's un- an underrated topic. And uh, there's a lot more to it than most of us give it uh, credit for. It's a big part of, well, hopefully all of our lives. It really should be a part of your life. I think it should. I think that's that's the uh, going to be part of it today, why it is important. So without further ado... What's the topic you chose today, Justin? I chose to talk about hobbies. Oh, that's fun. Not necessarily my hobbies, although I'm sure we'll touch on that. More on why hobbies are important, uh, what hobbies have to do with um, compatibility between people, and different reasons why you should have hobbies. Well, I mean, let's let's start with the basic from the top. So, you know... What, what are some of the constructive qualities that come with a person who has hobbies? Passion about something. Right, right. Uh, usually some kind of a, of a confidence and expertise with something. You know, somebody who uh, has a passion for something and, and knows a lot about it, even if they do tend to be more reserved person or not in their right. element, their hobby is a real foot in the door for one, feeling better about it, and two, just actually being more impressive and being able to shine. Yeah, even if they don't necessarily want to teach their hobby to others, they can find more confidence in other situations because they know that they're really good at something. Absolutely. You know, so you can apply that to anything else, really. And I also feel like you're able to really utilize somebody's hobby in order to remedy a lack of confidence, per se. If we're all going to do something and one of your friends is just having like a whatever day and uh, you're going to a place and he really likes, you know, recording equipment. Okay. He's really into recording equipment. You I know, know a guy like that. Yeah. So do I. And sometimes they're really <laughs> outgoing. Sometimes they're not really outgoing. But letting someone know, hey, you know, I'm going to go shopping for this. I think you'd be a great person to bring with you. That can really make them feel good about themselves, make them have a sense of purpose, and uh, let them know that, in a sense, they matter. So that's just kind of one venue of it. But also, I think it's just beneficial for someone to have hobbies. To have hobbies. Kind of, you know, what is it? Idle hands are the devil's play thing? Absolutely. Um, Just a little saying they used to say. But it's good to keep your mind busy with something and to get better at something every day. Makes you feel like you're achieving things. Especially now with the internet, too. You're able to 
research what you're into. You're able, so even if you don't have money to purchase something or you can always be looking into information because really information's free and information is very impressive. A lot of the times someone's not looking to purchase something, they're looking for an answer. Right. And you just have an answer. So, I mean, I think we should probably just go into like some specific ones and then just kind of talk about it there. And then maybe, you know, (laughs) something good that a hobby's done for us in our lives. Right. Well, I mean, I know like one thing that I think of right off the bat that you and I share and a lot of people share Mm -hmm. would be um, something like gardening. Totally. Um, We're very into that. We like to grow and create life Mm -hmm. um, and help it to flourish, you know, in different ways. And I think that it kind of goes a little bit beyond plants. It's more of taking care of something. Oh, absolutely. Um, the feeling of like being needed by something almost. But also getting a lot out of it too. Yeah. You can take it from, you know, the infant stages, almost like a kid, I guess, you know, a plant that it needs you. It it will probably die. And it's this environment you put it in if it wasn't for you helping it. Right. Um, And then you can watch it grow into something that no longer really needs you. It can now go on its own and on top of that, it will provide you with, say, fruit or vegetables or, or something. happiness or happiness Beauty. that can that can give to you. So it's kind of like an investment in your future sanity and health. Yeah, I, I was never into gardening. It takes a lot of patience that I do not it have. Uh, it wasn't until I really decided it was time to get my backyard up and running to add some good value to my house. Because gardening, one of the reasons I love gardening is it can truly be done $20 at a time. It can be done $100 at a time. And it can be done $1,000 at a time. Correct. You can go all out or little by little. Absolutely. So with someone with no patience, I don't have a choice. I don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to just uproot and do my entire garden. So I've been doing things anywhere between 20 and 200 dollars at a time right which is and an average person it makes that. me very happy it's taught me a lot of patience um i'm just learning a valuable skill and i feel like it has given us a little bit more to talk about yeah well that's another cool thing i was actually going to say about just about any hobby is that inevitably by practicing your hobby you're going to come across other people in life who are also into it absolutely and I know there's been instances where coffee has done this for me. I consider coffee kind of a hobby totally. of mine. Where a person I would never talk to normally or approach approaches me or I become in some kind of conversation with them because of the situation, because of the hobby. Um, so you can make a lot of friends. You can make relationships with people, intimate or not, that you wouldn't have otherwise made. Um, you know, sports are a big thing like that. Uh, Huge. You end up on a team with a bunch of guys or a bunch of girls who maybe you would have never come across otherwise, but through trying to achieve this goal together, you guys end up being friends. You know, so it there's so many levels of healthiness um, that comes along with being occupied by something productive. Absolutely. And you be, really become a lot more well-versed um, if you have hobbies that you're into you know you don't always get into 10 at the same time right at one point you're really into something and then that takes a little bit of a back burner say you're really into gardening but then football season comes around and you're way more into 
that, you have this larger group of friends that you're able to really communicate with and hang out with and have a common interest with. Yeah. And I find those things to be, because they're usually not your job, you know. Usually your hobby, not. Usually, That's what makes it the hobby part. Exactly. So it's fun. It, it gets you life. It's a he- healthy balance. It gets you outside of your regular routine. It's something to look forward to, and it's something to bond with other people over. One of mine, other than gardening, one of, a big one for mine is just animals, researching animals, True. keeping animals, um, just husbandry and caring for animals. And I know he comes up in every time I'm on a podcast, but that's just that's how life works. <laughs> he loves it, guys. Okay? You are who you are, right? Um, but my boyfriend and I met because we were both really into animals and you would think a lot of people say, you know, I love animals. Oh, it's who doesn't love animals, right? You know, but I really, you really love caring for animals, right? Particularly and things that are a little bit more exotic and yeah, and, it's not just that you love to pet them and then love them and then walk away. You like to actually build the environment they live in. You like to fill it and give them a good life. And it, even if something I can't keep as a pet, I really like to just enjoy learning about it behavior in the wild and you know how it's doing in the wild and everything and you don't find a lot of people like that so when you're true to yourself and you really just get into to uh you know studying or or becoming an enthusiast of any kind and you meet someone else who shares that with you it's really something special and they could be completely different than you but your your love for something that's similar you know really brings you together and it sounds cheesy but I mean, dial it back a little bit. Talk about, say, anime, right? Right. People who love anime, they truly, truly love it. Oh, yeah. They it's, love it's it. It's the it, best entertainment. It's part of them. Mm-hmm. It's emotional. It's exciting. It's like a culture. It's thrilling. It's not just yeah. a show. It's a culture. It's a community. Yeah. It's artistic. Now, I'm not into it. At I'm all. not super into it either. As I'm getting older, I kind of see a little more in it. I see the value in it. It just does not interest me at all. Right. But I really admire the passion that people have for it. I think that's really cool because, I, I mean, you're in or you're out, really. Okay? People who love it. <sighs> the so- stories are just so deep. It's hard to be like a casual um, participant. Right. And there, <laughs> there's so much fantasy involved yes. with it, but you're so willing to take it seriously because it's part of this like almost alternative so, art form. L- let me ask you along those lines and maybe along the animal lines with you too. Uh-huh. What what to you distinguishes a hobby from a passion? Is is hobby just a stepping stone along the way to a passion? No, I think passion comes first. So at first it starts as an interest. Right, right. Okay. This would be cool. You see someone doing it. So interest is when you're kind of exploring it or it looks, I mean, interesting. Right, right. right. And then it gets into more of a of a passion, I think you start researching it. You know, a passion does not require anything really tactile, in my opinion. You know, once you're reading about it a lot, you know, for example, uh, travel. You can't really say that your hobby is travel if you right. haven't traveled. Okay? Oh, so the passion would be like the feeling behind it, and the, hobby is act the activity of going out and doing it. Right. So once you are okay. really actively and regularly researching something, I think it becomes a passion, you know, and that's right before something becomes a hobby. But once you're really passionate about something, I'd consider that a hobby. 
you it know, would become your hobby. Because at that point, really, it's just monetary issues there. And you can't say, it's not like you can't, music can't be your hobby if you don't own a piano. You know? Well, I was just going to say, you can, you can be passionate about the guitar and love to watch videos and wish you could play, but you can't really say, playing the guitar is my hobby if right. you don't own a guitar. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or if but you don't it's your have passion. a skill. You exactly. love doing it. You're interested in, the, in everything about it. Right. You're you part of a club, you whatever. You're an enthusiast yeah. of some kind. Right. But if you're an enthusiast, I'm going to give you hobby points. For sure. For sure. I mean, we're splitting hairs almost at this point. So I, I just think that when you're part of like a community like that, you're, in your, you're surrounded by people like you, it just brings up more confidence. You know, the more proficiency you have in something like that, like a... Ever been to a Renaissance fair? Yes, I happen to think they're very fun. Okay. I enjoy that kind of thing. I think they're bizarre. Really? I think they are absolutely bizarre. But oh, when dude, you go and you see the people talking in the ye mm -hmm. old language, okay, mm -hmm. or however you call that, Middle English or whatever, okay, they're into it. Oh yeah. And they're on one and when they're, they're there. They dress up to as historical as possible mm -hmm. and. Oh fuck yeah! They'll even drink out of cups that are like era, yeah, worthy, and and they don't break character. And if you laugh at them, they look at you confused. They don't they don't get offended. They just look at you like, oh, this civilian, this peasant has no idea what's going on here, and I'm the king here. And I think that those people deserve a time to be king. And I think that you know the Renaissance Fair comes around what one season a year, and there's a few of them throughout. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. So. This is their time to like reign supreme this is when they come okay out. do you think in general it would take I, I mean i'm sure there's both ends of this spectrum and everyone in between okay but in general do you think for a person to spend the energy to go out and make themselves look historically accurate and mm -hmm. then speak in the tongue and play the character do you think that generally is a more intelligent person doing that like that it would take more intellect to be able to get into it to that level. That is the beauty of it. Absolutely not. No, okay? you think it's just any. It's oh, available to anyone. It's passion. That's yeah. all you need is passion. The the reason to want to do a research and then turn it into something that's a hobby, and that's what would bring some a brainiac who looked at this from a scholarly level, right? Okay, or just some, you know. Average Joe. Average Joe who just likes the clothes and thinks that the speaking sound, the, the talk is really cool. You know, the accent is really true. cool. I was just thinking, like, the act of putting yourself on the line like that. Like, because obviously as a human being who lives in the society everyone else does, you understand to some extent that what you're doing is different and kind of odd compared to what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. But yet the confidence that comes along... I. I guess sometimes I just attribute confidence to intelligence. Well, no, confidence to expertise. Expertise. Not intelligence. I would say expertise. Okay. You know, the more okay. hipster you can kind of become, yeah. you know, the more cred you kind of get, the more confidence you really get. You know, there's plenty of kids out there um, who they don't have hobbies, you know, and just being different or having like a counterculture of some kind is kind of their hobby. And you'll see these, you know, little geeky kids with no confidence put black lipstick on, eyeliner, 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. lots of ch- of uh, silver jewelry, some fangs, and now they feel like they're the king. Right. You know, and then they meet other people from other walks of life who are that way, and all of a sudden it doesn't matter if you were really smart in school and I was really dumb, or you were, we, we are brought together, together by here. something mutual that we See, all equally it, like. Man. Absolutely. And there's something, no matter what your flavor is in life, there's a group somewhere doing something that you're interested in. Right. Everybody and, is born just with interests, don't you think? Well, with the, with the uh, affinity to have To, a to have interests, interest, yeah. right. You obviously develop the different ones throughout life. Right. Do you think that it's correct to call something like playing video games a hobby 100 percent. i'm glad you brought that one Even up that though, has to come up so i feel like the word hobby uh-huh. has kind of like a positive uh-huh. connotation to it okay mm-hmm. in that you're doing something constructive not necessarily that's the actual definition but it's kind of like perceived that a hobby is something constructive right and i feel like something like video game is oftentimes perceived as not harmful, but not necessarily constructive. Kind of a time waster. Okay. At what? That's like you could say the same thing for alcohol. Okay. Okay. You have okay. vodka connoisseurs. Yes. Then you have alcoholics. So I think that's with any addictive behavior, and that is where you kind of get into something that's a little bit more tricky. Okay. So the thing with video games is the amount. It's an instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And you can get it over and over and over. Right. So if you are the if you are able to be disciplined and have balance in your life, you're already you know blessed with that ability to so say, all right, enough of this. It's now you know consciously time to do something else because that's the healthy thing to do. Then I don't think video games are any issue for you. But that would be a hobby at that point. Right. If you have control over how much you're able to do it. Absolutely. It can be considered a hobby. Absolutely. You know. Okay. But at some point, it really does just becomes a full-blown lifestyle that gets, um, that interferes with real life. So can unhealthy acts be hobbies? Oh, absolutely. Can hobby you can be, make anything unhealthy. Can, I mean, in theory, would you be able to say, like, my hobby is smoking cigarettes? If you were truly able to choose to not smoke a cigarette for any amount of time that you Well, wanted. sure. You could be a tobacco enthusiast, no problem, or a cigarette enthusiast and know the different tastes and the different that. Interesting. There's a fine line there. Absolutely. Cause, and you could also meet somebody else that's that way. And I'm sure that there are communities that are that way. Now, I wouldn't date you. <laughs> you know? You know I, what? I, yeah. Yeah. I personally wouldn't be caught around someone that way because instantaneously I think that you smell... Okay, I think that I'm. If you're truly into it that much, I'm not gonna ever have that much in common with you. Right. But I mean, if you find yourself in a t- tobacco enthusiast community or a cigarette uh, enthusiast community, and you're truly happy that way, and you have some way to keep it under control and everything like that, I mean, I guess more power to you. I've heard of people living a long time being able to smoke. So if it's not gonna turn into an addiction, but I mean, realistically. People who smoke cigarettes, who don't, you know, look forward to every single cigarette, not as an obligation, but as an enrichment on their life, chances are they're addicted and it's no longer a hobby. It's a burden. Right. I mean, and I suppose anything could turn into that. 
Yeah, I mean, so without getting too much into, I mean, the podcast isn't really about like addiction today. But hobbies can be a big thing, so it's it's the self control part. It's the that's what that's what the line in the sand is. Is once you've lost the control over it, now it's an addiction. So if you are gardening, what would you say is the the fine line? I mean, there would be obsessiveness. I would think being able to pull away. That would be obsessiveness, yeah. yeah. If you're overspending for your lifestyle just to put plants in your yard, now you're affecting your lifestyle, and I would say you don't have control over that at that point. Right. Because a person in control would choose to do the responsible decision. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Why would you not eat for two days when instead of getting a plant? like? So really that can go anywhere. I, it most definitely can take, you know can rear its head in um keeping animals it can't and there's just so much of a fine line because if you can keep up with having 30 animals then people will say that's your passion he's just very passionate but it's not affecting his life as it's the second that it starts to affect your life in in a judgmental way right then people will say it's becoming a problem Absolutely. But as long as it's not a problem, most people really don't give a shit how far you take something. You can just, you can take take it all the way. And really right? that's going to make you even more compatible with somebody or even less accountable with the people, accata- accountable, compatible. less compatible with right. the people that you just aren't compatible with. I mean, if you are, if you love cats, if cats are your thing and you, you got to the place where you have a beautiful home with 13 cats in it and right. somehow magically it doesn't smell. Someone's going to walk in and say, no, thank you, freak ass, right? Right. And someone else is going to walk in and say, oh, my God, I found him. I can't believe he's here. You know, this, this is the one I've been looking for. It's almost like if you are going to go further than the average bear does in something, you might as well just go really far in it. Right. Either go the average amount or take it all the way, baby. Because after a certain point, you've there's diminishing returns. Like... Let's say the average amount would be what, like two cats, maybe three is starting to become a lot. Three of cats. is a lot of cats. Three is a lot of cats. So two, one to two would be an average amount of cats. Okay. So now, if you get three or four cats, you've now crossed into the realm of weird, to most people. Right. So why not to at me. that point have eight cats if you're able to? After after you've gone past the average amount, there is no other barrier. You could just keep going. I don't care if you have 15 and your your home is beautifully kept and all that. To me, you are still the person with five to 15 cats, no matter what. So you've now put yourself in quite the niche market. But hey, man, right. live your best life. Well, or they're live like, your life. They're like you were a few years ago. When I mean, at one point you had 15 or 20 different reptiles. Uh-huh. Um, in what would most people consider a small space? But the way you had it set up mm-hmm. and the amount of time and energy you put into the situation, it worked out. You were able to live amongst these 15 or 20 reptiles. Oh, yeah. And you know, it but was a very small you apartment. you also weren't trying to to date or create any real relationships it, unless something was so extravagant that it popped out. you know. What I mean? So unless someone came around and was like, I love everything about having all 15 of these, I mean, mm-hmm. you weren't trying to attract just the average Joe. Well, at first, let me say that I had a lot 
20 plus in a small apartment. Right. But I did a really good job of keeping everything together. And quite honestly, it was a lot easier than the handful of animals that I have now. Um, yeah. Just because of the kind of animals that they were. But I never kept an animal to be impressive or to be dateable or compatible with someone. I always kept them because they brought me a tremendous amount of joy. I had a lot of passion. But you never minded having an absurd number of them to where most people would walk in and go, "Uh that's too many reptiles. Exactly. That didn't didn't bother you. Well, to me, it's not absurd if your house is clean and you don't look overrun. Right. They would have to be like very well kept decorational pieces almost. And they like were. very loved, well kept decoration absolutely. pieces. They absolutely. Absolutely they absolutely were. Sorry, I feel the need to defend myself with <laughs> no, the no, word absurd. Sorry, okay. I guess and absurd does have kind of a weird texture to it. Um no no hard feelings though. I, I think you're great. I well, live with you. Thank you. I think I'm great too. <laughs> you're supposed to okay, never mind. So yeah, it's as long as I guess it doesn't take over your life. But what if it's a healthy hobby? What if right. it's something like exercising? Which is an amazing hobby. What that... if it takes over your life, though? Now, it's not necessarily, quote unquote, a bad thing if really good diet or exercising takes over your life. That's actually kind of good for you. It's an amazing thing for you. I would love for it to take over my life. <laughs> but you could still say that a person would be addicted to it. So oh, it's, yeah. it's okay to be addicted to healthy things, though. That's obviously not a problem. Yeah, I mean, right? it's okay to be, well, you never, addiction means it surpasses a desire and it goes into a need, right? So, so can you say that you can become addicted to exercising? You absolutely can. There's, you can. Yes. There's a, you can a condition it. for it. Yeah, yeah. and you, you can feel uncomfortable if you're not doing it. And you could overwork yourself to the point where even though you know that you're having pain, psychologically you have to go and you have to do it or else, you know, and that's its own issue. So now I would say that you've lost control over that situation. Right. And it's affecting your life. Right. But it's still not unhealthy. Well, it can become unhealthy. I mean, at some point, if you're wearing down your joints, if you're wearing, if you're, you're not getting proper sleep, if you're... You what know. if eating keto became an addiction? What if a person became just obsessed with eating keto and their body just got better and better shape and uh-huh. health? I mean, I'm just trying to be extreme here to find I mean, an that's example a that wouldn't crazy work. crazy what if, because if... I mean, are we talking about someone who likes to exercise and do keto? Are we well, talking about a lazy person is, who does keto? I don't know that it's it's biologically possible to become addicted to something like keto because there's not really any endorphins involved. You have to get that pleasure sensor out of something to become addicted to it. Well, you, even exercise. There are endorphins involved endorphin. in eating every time but you not eat. Keto, yeah, not keto. Not that is. shit. That's, that stuff. There's no pleasure in it whatsoever. Well, to you. There, it, zero to you. The only pleasure is the simple life sustaining that you are doing when you're eating for it. for you. To some people, telling them that they can lose weight eating bacon, eggs, avocado, sour cream, and cheese. You can every single day. You have to fast in between, though, otherwise, you'll get fatter. But yeah, you can. Well, you don't have to fast. Mm. You do not have to fast. You just have to be strict on the diet. You cannot cheat. You have to at least portion control it. You can't just have unlimited. No matter of what diet you're on, you have to portion control. Absolutely. 
But actually, with keto, you really don't have to consciously portion control because your body will do it for you. Oh, yeah. You'll be so sick of the food, you won't want to eat it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. You'll just be full. Oh, so like, there's an example, right? So for me, dieting and uh, you know eating habits are a passion for me, but I wouldn't say they're necessarily a hobby. I like to research them. I like to know how they affect the body. I like to be able to speak on it. I like to be well-informed on how these things are going to affect me. Right. And that makes me excited. That makes me happy. But I wouldn't say it's an active hobby. It's that not. you partake in. Because I hate it. <laughs> you I don't, do you it. You don't seek out a community of people to keep you going in it. You don't. But it is a passion in that you love to, you'll spend free time choosing to learn about it. Right. You and choosing I mean. to, you know, try recipes and this and whatever and give it a go for a few months. And it always works. So I can't say that that keto is a hobby for me, but I can definitely say that it can be a, become a hobby for somebody else. They get into just being fat adjusted, measuring their urine, you know, all with uh, ketone strips. Absolutely. They get into really fun recipes and post them online that they do. So it's most definitely a hobby. It actually ties in a lot of things. It ties in self-discipline. It ties in exercise. It ties in cooking. Um, just a general creativity. And there is a community. And there is definitely Oh, absolutely. A, yeah. If you want to be part of it, there is. But I mean, there's a community for almost anything. At some point... Every hobby can can be overdone, right? It's not your career. Bless, I mean, lucky you if you can make your hobby a career. But I mean... Yeah, you'll never work again, right? That's what they say. Exactly. But there is a serious issue with... I, I hate to pick on these people. It's not the people I'm picking on. It's just the trend that I'm seeing right now in the past 10 to 15 years is this video game thing. I really want to touch back on it. Sure. Because just like food, okay, every time you eat... You release endorphins every bo- in your into your body every time you masturbate. Another hobby for some people, right? Uh, you you release endorphins, yeah. you know, into your body, and the same thing can be done when you discover a new species of you know uh, tortoise that anything, you're allowed to have. Pleasurable, absolutely it has that going on. It's so a chemical reaction when the when life is hard, you know, meeting people can be hard. Instead of trying to face your fear and go out and become more of a confident person when you let the victories in a video game you know make you feel good and you're just constantly chasing this dragon beating your high score okay you you become dependent on this in order to be happy and then everything does start to take a, a back seat and just me personally and i'm very confident that everybody out there knows somebody who is addicted to video games but i've seen it i agree truly and yeah. relationships like make them to where it's like everything's great but i can't with the video games i've seen it happen several times now right okay both here in arizona where i live now and in california where i've lived before i've, I've heard of i think there's a lot of cases like that i was part of a, a fraternity in college and you know, in a fraternity, you really want to make sure that you bring people in of all different backgrounds. You want to make sure that you have, you call it glitter and glue. Your okay. athletes and your, your really handsome guys, right, that are going to draw people in. Right. And then you want to have your, your kids that are, you know, maybe a little bit less confident, but they're really good in school, you know, uh-huh. to bring up the GPA. You want to have, you know, want to have somebody who's an asset everywhere. I thought they were all 
full of people who are exactly the same. That's no, interesting. I've absolutely. never been a part well, of any of that culture. You, you, it could be, but it doesn't last very long. Your, your legacy uh, doesn't last long as a fraternity if you don't have diversity. It just it doesn't work like that. Interesting. So it holds true to a lot of things in life. Yeah. So, but too many times, you know, you'll see a, a party start, and there's alcohol, and then they'll put, you know, hate to call it out, but we'll just say a. Super Smash Brothers or something like that. A game that a right. lot of people can play together. Yeah, a multiplayer game. Okay. And it draws a little mini crowd in. And then it's a whole bunch of people staring at a screen, drinking alcohol, not being social at all. Yeah. And that's when a hobby can go kind of south, in my opinion. You know, you're getting this endorphin. And it's hard to... It's hard to say, all right, it's best for me now to put myself in uncomfortable situations instead of doing this and talking to people who are also at this party when you have this herd of people who you know just, exactly what to do. You've practiced that situation many times. And you can be successful. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then what does that make you want to do? Develop that skill. Now, what if, I mean, back in the day before video games, right? It, same scenario, you're at a party, you're drinking with some friends, and someone brings out a guitar, you know, an acoustic guitar. And people go around the person with the guitar and they jam out for a little bit and they make music. Absolutely. Um, very similar scenario, right? Would, would, couldn't you equate one to the other? Well, kind of. With the, with music, okay, mm-hmm. it's... I don't think you're getting the same amount of endorphin immediately. Right, that's true. You know, I think it's a slow buildup. It starts out slightly uncomfortable. You know, you might have two people really feeling it and other people looking around like, do I really want to do this right now? Before you know it, you've brought a lot of people together. You're looking at each other in the eye. It's purely human interaction. And, and you're, you're all experiencing the music together. And you're, you're appreciating not it on a screen. Exactly. You're appreciating somebody else's talent as well, right? So True. someone's they're playing the guitar. Something. Yeah. Yeah, they're creating something. And you're all creating something together. And what's cool about it too is that. it doesn't necessarily need to be an interest. I'm I'm a music enthusiast for oh, sure. Oh, and that's kind of why I picked that okay. example. Yeah. yeah. So you're you don't have to be an expert to appreciate it. You don't have to be an expert to perform it. The only expert really that you need is a person on the guitar. And yeah. that can engage a lot of different people. Um, music, in my opinion, music in general, I would not call a hobby. Just like I wouldn't call water a hobby or drinking something or eating something a hobby i think that's only that that has a lot to do that it's one of your personal passions that you're very very passionate about so for you music is life but you know there is something about music and human beings in general i've never met anyone in my life who hates all music right there's always some kind of music that a person relates to and it makes you feel emotions it's, well, it's it's a natural thing, almost. We all have ears. Yes. Okay. Well, most of us have functional ears. Not everybody does, unfortunately. Sure. But, we all but have an ears. optimal human being would have ears. And we yeah. all have a pineal gland that... <laughs> Some that, bigger than others. <laughs> <laughs> that responds to frequency. Right, so, right. to me... It's in your brain, guys. Yeah. Which they call it the third the eye. Yeah. Or the third brain. No, just kidding. We're third going eye. off course here. <laughs> so... It, 
I don't look at music as as much of a hobby as I do with how much of your music uh, requirement are you fulfilling today. But I guess that's just right. I my thing. I can kind of see how the argument can be made with music that it's it's almost like a part of life. Now, if you collect tubas, okay. That's a little different. You collect tubas. You're into music, obviously, but you collect tubas. But I would say specifically now tubas are your hobby. Right. Yes. Absolutely. So, I agree. Like, music is not my hobby, but classical voice would be my hobby. Musical theater might be a hobby. Right. A different classification within that field. So the other thing I'm thinking, too, is relating the video games to music is that Video games, when you turn them on, that's all you're going to get. You get the immediate amount of satisfaction right away, right? Mm -hmm. Instantly. With the music, I mean, as the people start to form around the person playing the music, what does that lead to? It usually leads to dancing, right? Listening to music tends to lead to dancing. It can. So now you have movement. Now Mm -hmm. you have actual, like, actions being made together and you're you're interacting with the people so i think it would be totally wrong actually to relate music to video games now the i have to give a you know throw a bone to the video game people there's definitely something to be said about trying something over and over and over until you finally beat it i think that's really cool um I don't think that video games are inherently unhealthy. I just think that they run the risk of becoming very quickly addicting, which is well. Some unhealthy. games can teach you a lot about history, man. Like there are, like you said, there there are good elements to video games for yeah, sure. Absolutely, um, and I've never met anyone who loves to play video games that I thought was a horrible person. And I mean, no. you've had a Kyle on uh, several oh, I times. I love Kyle. Kyle's awesome, and Kyle loves video games. And his wife loves video games. So it's not an issue. But see? they're not like pe- two people who sit and just play video games. They have a child that's really involved with their whole process. Someone always has the baby <laughs> right. with them. When you go and visit them at their house, they're very gracious, kind guests, right? So it's not like they never learned how to properly interact with people and, and whatever. They are homeowners. Now, congratulations, you guys. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're living the life, and one of their big interests is video games. But they hold it, they keep it to an interest. Right. Not a lifestyle. You know, Vince loves video games, and yeah, I've never too. once had a conversation with Vince about video games before. Really? Never, because I don't do video it's games. Funny, he literally, so, he, he tests them for a living. His job is video games. Right, and I've never <laughs> once talked to him about it. So to me, he is somebody who can have a very healthy relationship with video games, even to the point where they're his job, but it's not unhealthy. Right. It's not to the point where it's really kind of taking over. Sorry, I just had to really clear some things in the name of oh, no, video no. games. And please do, because the internet enjoys their video games. Oh, I know. Trust me, I had, I had no idea that uh, there were people on the internet, on YouTube, because I'm a huge YouTube fan. I'm on there literally hours a day. Me too. That just allow you to watch them play video games. And you guys listening, I know I'm behind. I totally get it. I'm very aware of how many years I'm behind on not knowing this, okay? Yeah. But, um, yeah. (laughs) So clearly there's a thing for it, and these people are, are in 
kind of making video games their career in their own way. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's genius. I think that it's really entrepreneurial. Entrepren- uh, I think you nailed it. Okay, cool. I think you nailed it. Um, <laughs> I would have never thought of that because I would have never watched something like that. You know what's funny is I am a person who I would say my main form of entertainment that I take in throughout the day is Let's Plays. That's what it's called. It's Let's Play. Yeah. So, well, I mean, just like you were talking about with music, you knew a lot of different terms because you're very passionate about it. There's different terms with video game watching as well. There's there's Let's Plays, there's walkthroughs, there's speed runs. But the most common, what you're talking about watching a guy is it's called Let's Play. Um, So I love those. I like to watch people play strategy games um, because... I find that there's too much pressure actually playing the game. I don't like the responsibility. Mm -hmm. But I do like how beautiful it looks, obviously, and seeing the stories and stuff within the game. Um, So that's my main form of entertainment, actually. More power to ya. Yeah, I just... But I would never sit and choose to watch four hours of Broadway plays that were performed by professionals. Like I would say more power to you there. I could... Oh wow. Yeah. That Broadway musicals I would definitely say are a huge interest in my of mine cuz it's very uniquely American. We don't have a lot of art forms that are truly truly American. Is that actually it's a thing that we didn't get it from Europe? It, we started it? No. So it That's all started cool. with the opera, which I love opera. I'm an opera singer myself. Mm-hmm. That came um, from Europe though, right? Opera. Yes. That came from like Italy and France and all that. The first operas, I Got mean, the Italian. I Spanish? well, they were oratorio and they were they were in Latin. Okay, so yeah, Italy. Yeah, I would say Italy. I'm trying to think of yeah, because Baroque opera was was in Spanish somewhere in English too, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're talking about late 1600s. So all languages at this point were producing some kind of music, but we didn't have a, we had a great awakening, right? The and Renaissance, we, and that's yeah, when everything yeah. kind of restarted. So yeah, I would say Italian and German. So we took that art form and molded it into something different. Well, the Germans created something called the operetta, which was a really light opera with funny characters and, and okay, everything yeah. like that. But we created the first play with songs. No kidding. Yeah. That's Americans, huh? The, ch- the first one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was called Showboat. And ever since then, it's just really been truly, truly American. Cause, That's uh, kind of cool. I had no idea. Vaudeville started in America, early 1900s. So, like, variety shows. Okay. And then we kind of merged that with the concept of opera. But we had slavery in the United States, so a lot of... Um, a lot of jazz music came from traditional slave songs that then turned into ragtime so that it just really evolved into a truly american art form so i think that is super cool sorry i digress that is super cool no i had no idea that we uh, thought of like the the musical incense and then oh shout out to kyle actually because kyle i heard that you're into musicals now and i would love to do a podcast with you sometime um if you're hearing this let me know if you're down 
I think we're into a slightly different musicals, but I think it'd make for a really cool podcast. So, I mean, I'm inviting myself Wait. to do a podcast without either you or Adam. I'm so sorry. We've used all our Kyle shoutouts for the day now. You can't build his ego up too much. Kyle, Otherwise, I think I just miss you, man. He will He'll start to think that this podcast is just about him. Well, maybe today it should be called This One's for Kyle. This this one? We waited till 52. We gave 52. <laughs> 43 minutes into episode 52, we gave it to Kyle. Well, I love we, it. We digress. Everyone's important. <laughs> you all matter. All of you guys matter. So let's go back. Let's let's for the last little part here of our podcast. Um, let's go back to the original hobby thing. Okay. And there was something I wanted to talk about because I was I was real fascinated about relationships and hobbies in particularly um, like marriage relationships or like boyfriend girlfriend relationships, like intimate ones. Uh-huh. Okay. So. <laughs> Have have you ever had an instance, or do you think it's com- more common, for separate hobbies to find each other, kind of like the opposites attract deal, and then get each other into the respective hobbies? Or do you think it's more common that you find someone that's interested in the same things? Like that's where law of attraction doesn't work. Well, I think it depends on how, how healthy of, a, of a, a couple you are. I think that really good long-lasting relationships start with a good common interest there obviously needs to be some kind of physical attraction there but a common interest a passion for something other than your job i think is a very healthy beginning for two people um but I definitely think that it's good to exchange hobbies, you know, introduce them to something that you're super passionate about. You don't have to like it, but you do need to appreciate it in some way. You have to at least be able to appreciate it in some way and yeah. get, give them their moment of it when they need that. Let them geek out. Right. In whatever Absolutely. It is. Find it adorable. I mean, really, you don't have a choice, right? You can't just dislike somebody. Exactly. Dislike somebody so much for something that they love so much. So do you think... This is the big question I really want to ask here is, do you think in most relationships that the common hobby that becomes being shared between the two, they lose like going out and doing things and that hobby just becomes sex? Like sex is the common hobby that they meet up for and then they go out and do their own thing after that. Are you saying if they don't have a common hobby? Right. Like do you think... I for example, two in most people who are into what? Like, like. I, that's, my, that's what I'm saying, is I think in most relationships, people don't have common hobbies. Oh, And that they right. use sex as that common hobby. Well, absolutely. Um, most relationships are not healthy. Right. So most relationships are, you know, if you're really just try, trying to find, you know, someone to put a peg in a hole, both, you know, I guess literally and, you know, metaphorically... <laughs> then anyone's going to do. All it has to do is, all you have to do is be attracted to it. And I feel like when you're, you know, there is that classic story of you walk by and you're just blown away by the way that somebody looks. But but if it ends there. If sex is your hobby, and then that's what maybe both people were looking for in the situation, it's not going to last. Right. right. Unless you're just too... True, true, true sex enthusiasts who really love the discipline of it, the variety, the this, the that. Yeah, you know? but how often do you find that? Right. That would be, but that's how. I'm sure, it's out there. But that's how that would be compatible. That's the only way I can think of that's compatible. I, I just think that's 
probably a key indicator. Like if you're in a relationship, coming from someone who's single, by the way, take it with a grain of salt, but if you find yourself that you're in a relationship and you're saying, what common hobbies do I have with this person? And the only thing you can think of is sex, then to me, that's kind of a red flag. You should work on that or, or take a minute to think about what, what that really means, that you can't connect with this person on any other level other than just being intimate with them. Like even you and your boyfriend, you guys connected originally. You're both very into animals. Yes. He he actually goes to real school for animals. Right. And so you guys have that on top of intimacy. There's always right. something you can go into the real world and participate together in. I think that the reason we have such a lovely, intimate life is because it was based on things that we found in each other that we thought were very rare. I don't meet people that are as into animals and wildlife and pets as I am often, very right. seldomly. It blows my mind. I think it's absolutely incredible. And when I meet somebody else that truly I trust, mm -hmm. that they really do like those things as much as I do so I can openly geek out to you, right? then, I mean, we are going to have some really fun, intimate times too because... I finally found you, you know. See, and that's it. That must be the feeling anyone has. You know, people like Kyle and his and his wife or people, they must have the same feelings of, man, I found the person. Mm -hmm. I can trust you. You're into it too. Let's just fucking geek out. Yeah, or it's, Let's you know, that. I can't imagine. It's like, wow, I found someone that loves video games or loves whatever as much as I do and I think they're super hot. I think they're hot. Exactly. That's like the golden ticket. So there i think if people were just a little bit more aware more self-aware of that oh absolutely um it would be healthier relationship this i feel like it goes back to that i hate to say this cliche but you know oh, if you God. cannot love yourself how are you gonna love anybody else shout out to rupaul because is that she, who said that mm -hmm, she says if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else can i get an amen up a hair amen, amen girl exactly amen. every mm. time she says she ends her show that way and <laughs> You should search for yourself first. You should truly do the things that make you happy. You know, you yes. have to work, you have to pay your bills, but you are entitled to all of your own free time. So if you love animals, hop on YouTube, start looking at your favorite, you know, some videos about your favorite animal. And if you're, it's something you want to own one day, figure out if you need a license and get really into it. And say you love falconry, right? And you've never met anybody else in your life who can imagine you know, themselves with a falcon and a big shed where they keep it and a hood that, to put on it and a big glove to right. catch your falcon and, you know, making sure that you have frozen rats you can thaw them and, and falcon He's doing train like your a falcon. dance right now, folks. Exactly. He is I, animated. Okay. <laughs> and, you, and it's okay, right? Because you're an interesting person. You like right. falconry. No one's going to say... Oh, God, don't talk to him. He likes falconry. No, most people are probably going to ask questions. And yeah, be exactly. That's and that's cool. really super cool, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can feel confident. You can feel like you're an interesting person. And if you happen to ever meet a person of the opposite gender or same gender, no discrimination here, okay. who loves falconry, one of two things is going to happen. You're gonna They're not going to have a falcon yet and think that you are just insanely amazing and like one in a million and this crazy diamond in the rough and they're just think that you're amazing or even crazier 
You're going to meet someone else who has a freaking falcon. And then you guys can go on falcon dates. Exactly. So what you're saying in essence here, you gave a very specific example. But what, what you're basically saying is if you follow your passions and you're true to yourself, somewhere along the way, you're going to get really good at being yourself. Yes. Someone is going to see you having fun and being good at being yourself. And they're going to want to be a part of that. Exactly. And that is a relationship when someone wants to be a part of what you're doing. Exactly. And then you choose that you like what they have to offer too, and now you're doing it together. So don't settle because you might find someone that owns a falcon just like you. Wait for Disneyland. That's what Justin used to say when I first met him. Yeah. When he was single. I would say, Justin, you know, you're you're the age you are now and you're single and what's up? And he would always tell me and say, dude, I'm just not interested until Disneyland comes around. It's like, why would I want to settle for anything less than 100% fabulous? I mean, for so what it's out, worth. Trent. Yeah, shout out. Oh, <gasps> we said his name. Oh, he's he's a part of the millennial crew. Okay. We won't say his last name. They'll okay. never be able to look him up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, as far as that is concerned, wait, wait for Disneyland. I really, truly think so. Look, I'm... My mom used to say I'm a, a, a 10 in a room full of sixes and every 10's favorite six. I can't help it. <laughs> I cannot help it. I like I nines like and 10's. Hey, I'm and into you should, nines you should and go 10s. for that, right? Yeah. Why not be around the top notch? I'm not into sixes. I like nines and 10's. Oh, I like, thanks. <laughs> I like, I I like nice bodies. I like really intelligent people. I like people who have their stuff together financially. Those are all things that I really like, and I'm not really oh. interested in having anything less than all of it. You didn't exactly describe me there. Um, um, well, you were close. But I've always dreamt of a friend like you. Dating you, quite frankly, would be my worst nightmare. But you know what? It's not going to be everyone's worst nightmare, Matthew. There's someone out there. But thank God we have one of the same hobbies. Yes. They bring us together. We both enjoy drinking. I mean gardening. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, this is bringing us to the end of our podcast for today, folks. Before we digress for another 15 minutes into nowhere. Um, Justin, thank you so much for being on today. I enjoyed this one, actually. I had a good time learning a little bit about your philosophies and where you draw some lines in the sand when it comes to different wordage. I enjoyed that. Well, I did too. Thank you for having me on. As always, it was a pleasure. And uh, I'd love to see some feedback in the comments because I do read them. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, really? You guys say hi to me. Say hi, Justin, in the comments. I'm very narcissistic. I'd love to see this. And you know, I think since he asked so nicely, if you were to comment Justin, I'd probably give him control to to comment you back. So you might actually get a little message back from Justin Oh my gosh, I'm famous. Well, not yet. They have to comment you first. Okay. You never know how famous you are truly until you ask people to do something online and see how many do it. All right. Well, make me famous, you guys. Make them feel good, guys. All right. We will catch you tomorrow for the next episode. Um, Also, keep an eye out. Me and Adam have vlogs coming your way here for the month of April. Uh, Check out that update video if you haven't because uh, it'll make a lot more sense what I just said. So uh, till tomorrow, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.